uh, and, uh, and uh, Minister of Addictions, pardon me, Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, the Honorable Nicholas Milliken, uh, as well as Councillors uh, Sharp and Chabot from the City of Calgary, along with uh, Jody Guns from Sutina, uh, Ruben Baker, who's a Councillor in Siksika, and Gordon Lowen, Assistant uh, Deputy Chief of, of Fire, um, is, uh, as well as Kathy from, uh, where are they? There, right. Thank you very much from Alpha House. So thank you very much. So Deputy uh, Chief McCullen from the Calgary Police Service and, of course, Kathy Christensen, Executive Director of Alpha House uh, and uh, other members uh, who I may have not mentioned, uh, the Public Safety and Community uh, Response Task Force. So a wide range of individuals uh, and organizations uh, just mentioned work together to take a holistic approach to addressing the challenges that we face here in Alberta. As Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Services and a former police officer myself, uh, I know ensuring that safety of Albertans uh, takes uh, more than enforcement. The two largest cities in our province have experienced a significant rise in criminal activity. Uh, that's why that we brought together the community experts uh, to create the Calgary uh, Public Safety and Community Response Task Force uh, with the mandate to implement a series of initiatives in Calgary towards addiction, treatment, uh, homelessness, and other social supports to improve public safety. And while we're indeed uh, taking action to put more boots on the ground in uh, the areas that need it, uh, we also need to make sure that we're providing resources uh, to reach and assist the most vulnerable in our communities and provide them with the supports that they uh, need to achieve stability. We know that these approaches can make a real difference. Uh, the holistic approach is reflected in the PACT, that's the Police and Crisis Team, uh, that uh, pairs uh, police constables with mental health therapists uh, from Alberta Health Services to respond to 911 calls uh, where there is a mental health concern. Officers uh, and mental health professionals work together to assess a client and uh, determine uh, what supports is required to keep that individual uh, and the community safe. Providing uh, better outcomes for everyone involved, uh, this is uh, the firm but fair and compassionate approach that the task force has taken to keep our community safe uh, and uh, Albertans uh, expect and of course they deserve. An approach that uh, treats mental health and addiction as a healthcare issue requiring healthcare responses. And with that in mind, I am proud to introduce my friend, the Minister of uh, Mental Health and Addictions, Minister Nick Milliken, to share more about the next steps that Alberta and the task force will be taking. Thank you. All right, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for being here. Thank you very much to uh, Minister Ellis uh, for introducing me, and good afternoon, everyone. Like many Calgarians, I've grown increasingly concerned about the growing trend of social issues like addiction, mental health, homelessness, and public safety, and how they have affected our city. Residents, businesses, transit riders, and even visitors can all clearly see the impact of this crisis and the social disorder that comes along with it. Our government strongly believes the people who are struggling with addiction deserve to be treated with compassion and care and support. But we also believe that everyone deserves to feel safe in their community. That is why we have moved quickly to implement a series of initiatives that reflect our fair, firm, and compassionate approach to mental health, addiction, homelessness, and public safety. Just last week, I announced the doubling of the number of police and crisis teams in Calgary, or PAC teams, 
to help people experiencing mental health crisis get the help they need while improving community safety. And before that, I announced millions in funding for new medical detox and pretreatment beds at the Calgary Drop-In Centre, which will help over 1,000 Albertans get the treatment and care that they deserve. Today's announcement builds on those efforts and is another important step in building out Alberta's recovery-oriented system of care. I'm pleased to announce that our government is investing more than $5 million over three years to provide recovery-oriented health supports to people in police custody and expand community-led harm reduction and recovery outreach teams in Calgary. This funding includes $1.8 million for crisis workers in Calgary's 911 Dispatch Centre to provide enhanced support on mental health and addiction calls, $1 million to expand help teams in downtown Calgary, which is in addition to the supports we already provide for this service. In Calgary, these teams were previously referred to and known as DOPE teams. Uh, $2.2 million for on-site healthcare practitioners and paramedics at the CPS Calgary Police Service Spy Hill Service Centre and Peace Officers for Transportation and $775,000 in one-time capital funding for facility upgrades at the arrest processing unit. Right now, police are serving on the front lines of the addiction crisis. They're frequently called to respond to public safety concerns related to mental health and addiction. The individuals involved in these calls might not require emergency services, but many of them need access to medical care, addiction and mental health support, and other social services. Our new partnership with the Calgary Police Service will make sure that the help they need is available. With this funding, a specialized health team will be embedded within CPS to assess and support people detained under a public intoxication charge. Uh, health professionals at the CPS Spy Health Service Centre will deliver in-person medical care and counselling services in a safe and secure environment. They will also provide mental health and addiction supports, including counselling and facilitating and facilitating access to the virtual opioid dependency program for life-saving evidence-based OAT medications. While police are uh, essential in responding to the addiction crisis, so are trusted community organizations like Calgary's Alpha House Society. For over 40 years, Alpha House has been working to help people experiencing addiction, many of them homeless, and we're proud to be partnering with them to expand outreach services in downtown Calgary. Help teams work closely with CPS and respond to substance use and public intoxication issues when a police response is not required. These human-centered engagement and liaison partnership teams used to be referred to as DOPE teams and are rebranding to ensure consistency across the province. As part of these teams, Alpha House outreach workers connect people to medical care, emergency shelters, medical detox, addiction treatment. They even provide transportation to these services if needed. With this new funding, we'll be adding an additional help team to serve the Beltline area and we'll expand the team's hours of operations to include overnight hours. The funding announced today is part of more than $187 million our government has committed to respond to these social issues affecting Alberta's urban centres, including more than $58 million earmarked specifically for Calgary. Working closely with our valued partners such as 
the Calgary Police Service and Alpha House, we are confident that we will be able to get Calgarians the help they need to pursue recovery from addiction and mental health issues while helping to restore public safety for everyone. So with that, I would like to take the opportunity now to invite Councillor Sharp to say a few words. Councillor. Thank you, Minister. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm pleased to be part of today's announcement. The mental health and addiction supports announced today are good news for our city and our province. They represent a significant step forward in how we address some of the most pressing challenges our city and our society face. But it's just as important, it's also a timely and critical lifeline for Calgarians who will now be able to access treatment through these programs. This is an important milestone in our work through the Calgary Public Safety and Community Response Task Force, work that my counselor, my, my counselor colleague Chabot and I have been pleased to be part of on behalf of City Council. We've long recognized that the challenges our city faces with mental health, addiction, and public safety are related. We must tackle the root causes of public safety issues if we want to see real change. And if these problems are related, our solutions should be too. The reality is too many Calgarians end up in police custody because they simply don't have anywhere else to turn. That's why it's crucial that we offer compassion, care, and support to those that need it most, especially in their moments of crisis. When people find themselves there on their worst day, at their most vulnerable, this is when they need our, com our compassion the most. Our Calgary police are already on the front lines of the mental health and addictions crisis. Today's announcement will ensure they're able to offer people the support they need from healthcare providers at a critical moment, and there is never a wrong time to offer help. That means meeting people where they are, and that is key. Today's announcement will ensure that the help team and 211 crisis workers are available to more, than, more people than ever before and that our Calgary police are equipped to offer critical support from healthcare providers when it matters most. But let's be clear, there is still work to do. As partners, we must continue to work together to explore every avenue to make Calgary a safe city where everyone has access to the support they need. Addressing issues of this scope takes a lot of teamwork and cooperation. Thanks to the Government of Alberta, the Calgary Police Service, Alpha House, the task force members, my colleagues on City Council for contributing to all these continued efforts. Thank you. And now I'd like to pass it over to Deputy Chief. Thank you, Councillor. Good afternoon. I'm Deputy Chief Katie McClellan of the Calgary Police Service. On behalf of the service, I'd like to thank the Government of Alberta for their continued partnership and for providing funding to bolster efforts that transform crisis response and mental health and addictions initiatives. With this funding, the service will be able to better serve Calgarians experiencing mental health and addictions crises. Specifically, additional front-end support for those in need when they call 911 and a more holistic, multidisciplinary intervention approach to stabilize detainees in custody with their mental health and addiction issues. Everyone here is aware of the high level of social disorder we are experiencing across the city, and this funding is another step to curb negative behaviors in public spaces. 
Members of our community deserve safety and security while out in public spaces, just as those in need of support deserve access to the help they need. This funding will help to ensure those who need support receive it, while also reducing the social disorder that we are all regularly experiencing and seeing in the news. On behalf of the Calgary Police Service, we welcome this funding and continued support for our initiatives, as well as the efforts of our community partners who focus on transforming crisis response for Calgarians. I will now pass the microphone to Kathy Christensen, the Executive Director of the Alpha House. Thank you, Minister Milliken and Minister Ellis for inviting me to be here today. On behalf of Alpha House, I would like to express our gratitude for the opportunity to participate in today's announcement about the new $1 million in funding being granted to our organization. The fund will support the expansion of our outreach teams, now known as the HELP Team. For those who may not be familiar with Alpha House, we are a not-for-profit society that provides programs for marginalized men and women who live with homelessness, addiction, mental and physical health issues. Our programs include a shelter, detox, transitional supports, housing, and outreach. We've been serving vulnerable Calgarians for over 40 years. Our Downtown Outreach Addiction Partnership Program was established in 2005, providing vulnerable people with a variety of supports, including basic needs, safe transportation, or more complex responses such as reducing immediate crisis and case management support. We take a client-centric approach to our outreach work, inviting the individual to determine what they need, what they need and we support them forward. Our 24-7 mobile outreach teams work throughout Calgary, including the downtown core, outlying communities, International Avenue, the East Village, and the Beltline area, as well as on Calgary Transit. Our goal is to reduce the impact of public intoxication on community while providing crisis response services to street-involved individuals. On average, our teams respond to 120 calls a day from businesses, community members, and other agencies, and we help thousands of people each year. The new funding will enable us to expand our outreach team in the Beltline community with the addition of a second team who will extend our coverage in this area from midnight to 8 a.m. seven days a week. This will ensure a more comprehensive response to individuals needing support, particularly overnight, where we are seeing a growing need for safe transportation. Alpha House has a long-standing relationship with the Calgary Police Services, having worked together in a variety of ways over many years, including our recent 211 call division project in District 1. This pilot, which focused on providing the right response to the right person at the right time for social disorder, call, for social disorder calls, diverted up to 250 calls a month away from emergency services since it began in August 2022. This is an example of the, the impact we can have when we work together. As we look forward to collaboratively implementing new initiatives and expanding existing, existing resources with new funding, I am confident we will see significant results. In closing, I would like to thank the Government of Alberta and Minister Milliken for their investment in helping people who need it the most while also keeping communities safe. Thank you. Is a, um, 
microphone to your right. Uh, if you could just state your name and outlet. And we do have some callers on the line as well. So uh, one question, one follow-up, please, just so we can try to get to as many people who are calling in. Uh, so whoever wants to go first, feel free. Hey there, Alana Smith with The Globe and Mail. Uh, my question is for Minister Milliken. Sure. On October 1st last year, former Premier Jason Kenney said, within weeks, quote, the Red Deer Recovery community would be opening. Now it's been six months, so I'm just wondering what the holdup is. Uh, as you know, uh, construction on the Red Deer Recovery community uh, is, is complete, and right now we're just working with the service provider uh, to get to the stage where they are accepting clients. I believe that that's going to be happening this month, so right away here. Thanks for the question. Can you clarify what needs to be done to make sure they're at that stage where they can accept new clients? Uh, as of right now, it's just a matter of the, putting, the, putting the last touches on things. Often it's the, it's the last 2% that's the toughest to get across the finish line. So we're at that stage, and I think that uh, we're excited for the opening uh, of it with regards to the fact that they should be taking clients by the end of this month, which is really exciting for Alberta. Maybe you can detail that 2%? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, uh, it's just a matter of uh, just tying up the, the, the last little bits and then getting people in there to start experiencing the treatment opportunities that they need in order to get uh, into a stage of recovery. As you know, our government has been focused since day one with regards to building out the recovery-oriented system of care. Um, you probably remember we, uh, when we got in, we said we were going to do 4,000 new treatment uh, and recovery spaces. We ended up actually funding 10,000. Uh, we started with, I think the budgets initially had just a few recovery communities. We've now got nine recovery communities at one stage or another with, uh, w uh, towards getting to the point where they're opening, whether it's going to be uh, the Red Deer Recovery Community, which I'm confident should be taking clients within the next few weeks, whether it's uh, Lethbridge, which should be, uh, I believe, opening later in the spring, whether it's going to be the, the Blood Tribe Recovery Community, which I think is going to be early next year. Our government is focused on making sure that individuals who are experiencing addiction have the opportunity to enter into uh, treatment and recovery. And that includes also reducing barriers to entry as well. As you know, uh, under the previous government, if an individual was, access was accessing publicly funded uh, taxpayer paid for uh, recovery spaces, uh, they often had to pay $40 a day in user fees. And we got rid of that immediately because that's something that's just, it's untenable for somebody who's in the throes of an addiction to, if they're gonna put together maybe 60 days of treatment, that's looking at some 2,400 bucks. So we're making it easy for individuals to access treatment because we believe that anybody who's experiencing addiction should have treatment and uh, the opportunity to enter into a productive life of recovery. Thanks. I'm going to pretend all three of those are one question because they were related, but I did have a second question. I'm not sure who this is for, but the $2.2 million for on-site healthcare practitioners and paramedics in the arrest processing unit plus peace officers for transportation. Can somebody just explain what's going on now and what difference this $2.2 million will make? Well, the $2.2 million right now, as it gets added, will add uh, mental health and addiction-focused clinicians and also two paramedics. So it'll be adding to the opportunities for individuals who are currently uh, in, in, under, under arrest to receive uh, the help that they need in order to be able to then get oriented towards treatment and recovery. It also offers the opportunity for individuals to enter into uh, other, pro other uh, uh, programs such as VODP, the Virtual Opioid Dependency Program, to ensure that individuals who are experiencing opioid addiction can get the uh, OAT or opioid agonist therapy that, uh, that, they, that they need. So thanks. Anybody else on that one? Hi there, Jordan Canigan with CTV News. I suppose either minister can answer this. Uh, 
a majority of this money is going towards the response part of a call, uh, not so much the prevention. Uh, what assurances can Calgarians, uh, are you hoping Calgarians can take from this announcement, especially after an especially violent week in Calgary when it comes to peace of mind? Yeah, so this is all part of building out the recovery-oriented system of care that our government is doing, whether it's prevention, intervention, treatment, and recovery. Part of prevention is ensuring that those that are in the throes of addiction maybe are a danger to themselves or to others uh, have the treatment available to them so they can enter into uh, recovery and enjoy a productive uh, life as a citizen of this province. So we're actively ta uh, tackling the issues that you see out there by making sure that the individuals who are in the throes of addiction or having mental health issues uh, have the treatment and, uh, that, that they need available to them where they, where they are. We're meeting them where they are uh, in order to ensure that we can uh, support them compassionately and ensure that they can enter into recovery. Minister, it looks like Minister Ellis yep, is sure. walking up. Yep. No, I appreciate the question, right? And this is part of why we deployed the sheriffs uh, into the communities of Calgary and Edmonton. Uh, this is why we're, you know, made the announcement regarding the 100 police officers. We're working very closely uh, with both Calgary and Edmonton Police Services. Look, visible presence makes a difference. Um, having that visible presence, uh, letting people know that they uh, can feel safe, letting uh, people that are preying on the good people of Calgary and Edmonton, letting uh, those folks know that there is a police officer and that police officer is nearby. Um, one of the things that we always talk about, and forgive me, I know along with the Calgary Police Service, but certainly I take a lot of the things I learned there, which is education, prevention, and intervention. And, you know, we're, we're doing that through educational programs, uh, whether it be through the Ministry of Public Safety, the Calgary Police Service does education programs, as well as uh, the Edmonton Police Service as well. But when we talk about uh, intervention and prevention programs, again, there are uh, lots of um, uh, programs are out there through public safety. Uh, I know one of the things uh, that we have done in, in mental health and addictions, so certainly out there and the Minister Milliken has continued upon, is expanding upon the integrated school support program. And certainly something I could get into, but that's, you know, it's providing a holistic approach and taking a lot of the services, uh, including police officers, and putting them in the schools to make sure that they become mentors for those young, young folks that are in those schools. Thank you. I'm hoping I can ask the Deputy Chief a question, if I may. I know we heard from the Police Chief yesterday, of course, trying to quell concerns. Um, stabbings and shootings uh, have been uh, quite frequent, especially this week. There was another stabbing related to uh, at the Rundle LRT about an hour ago or so. Uh, in your opinion, are these supports coming quick enough for the CBS? Uh, thanks for your question. So any of the, any of the supports that we get at any time, uh, no matter when it is, is is a help and an additional resource for us. As you've heard from many of us and from the chief yesterday, we work with many of our partners. We're doing what we can with the resources that we have. And uh, we work with our partners daily and uh, we're continuing to assess. We're continuing to pivot as we can and uh, provide the resources in, in a, a timely fashion as much as we can to ensure that all of the public, public is safe here. Hi, Bill Graveland from Canadian Press. I'm wondering if there was any certain um, events that uh, led you to uh, come up with the addiction and mental health support for people in police custody. Well, uh, what I would say on that is our government is, uh, by all estimations, leading, leading the country with regards to uh, the, uh, the, the innovative way that we have been tackling this issue. And we're seeing, um, we're seeing some results as well. This is obviously part of it. It's an innovative product uh, project. 
uh, and it's going to be the opportunity for health clinicians uh, operating with the police hand in hand to ensure that individuals who are experiencing um, mental health or addiction issues have the supports right where they need them. So as they're going in with the police, then they're also then afforded not only an assessment, et cetera, and the medical supports that they, that they might need right then and there, especially if they're not in, a, in an urgent case need, so like, a, like going to um, obviously emergency rooms and things of that nature. And then also offering them the opportunities to, you know, get on VODP. 95% uh, of people who get onto those kind of oat medications can stabilize. And then it's an opportunity to really uh, discuss the possibilities of treatment and recovery. There's been some concern expressed. Uh, I, I know the former police chiefs have uh, talked about police officers basically being forced to take on the role of uh, mental health professionals. Is, is this a move towards that? So police officers are often the very first individuals uh, to these calls. So we do want to ensure that police officers have those supports. In, in certain situations, uh, then it'll be passed off to help teams. But we also announced recently with the PAC teams, et cetera, right? So making sure that there are uh, opportunities where police and medical professionals uh, are, are dealing with these calls directly. There's also other tools that we've implemented as well. We're building out the Health IM app, which basically offers police officers uh, extra tools and training to uh, ensure that they can uh, make sure the people who are experiencing some sort of distress can get the services that they, that they need locally. Uh, Aaron with Livewire Calgary. Question for the Deputy Chief. Uh, Deputy Chief, maybe you can give us some details on what the facility upgrades at the APU will look like from the money. Yeah, thanks for your question. So, um, as you heard, we're looking at allocating four of the 60 cells that we are sorry, eight of the cells, uh, eight of the 60 cells that we have there. So they will be refurbished to be more um, culturally appropriate. They'll be more supportive. They'll allow space for uh, individuals to come in and have uh, that wraparound case management, access to recovery coaches, access to all of our partners. So. That's kind of the vision as to how we're going to refurbish and upgrade those uh, those cells. Awesome. Just a follow-up there. For the culturally appropriate side, what is what exactly does that mean? Uh, we're working with our partners to uh, um, have the conversations as to what exactly uh, is best suited for the, all of the individuals in, in our cells. Uh, many of you know we uh, house approximately uh, 10,000 uh, 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 individuals who come in through the service. And uh, so they're, they're from many, many cultural and many diverse communities. So uh, we work with many of our partners and we're asking them for feedback. What best would be in, in the APS that we currently have to ensure that they are given the, the appropriate resources and uh, given what uh, community that they are from. Perfect, thanks. Uh, moderator, we're gonna go to the phones now. Uh, could can you I go through? ask a question? Sorry. I yes, uh, we, we can come back. We'll come back to you after okay. the phone. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Moderator, could you put forward the next caller, please? Josh Aldridge, Calgary Herald. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my question. The first one's more of a clarification question. Either minister would be fine. Uh, $5 million over three years, is that going to be spread out equally, or are we going to see kind of the bulk of that in the first 12 months uh, with the rest kind of just maintaining operations? I would say that because of the capital aspect of it, that there would be a bulk in the start as well. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, my second question is for, uh, Kathy, for uh, Kathy Christensen. 
So I, I guess how have you seen the challenges change since you came on at Alpha House uh, out on the streets in terms of safety, in terms of addictions? How have you seen those change? And what else needs to be done to address these concerns and these issues to ensure safety, not just for Calgarians out on the streets, but those uh, who are going through addictions issues? Well, I would say, um, you know, we've seen many changes throughout the years, um, but most recently, you know, I think that the impact of COVID has had a significant impact in our work at Alpha House. And so um, the a number of, you know, so we're dealing with addiction, but we also deal with homelessness. And what I would say is that um, although our point in time count recently indicated that the homeless count, um, we're seeing fewer people start experiencing homelessness, we're seeing uh, tenfold in terms of people actually staying outside. And so during COVID, people moved outside of the shelter system. We supported people um, to be safe where they were. Um, and, and so now we're dealing with a, a large number of people who are um, sleeping rough and living rough. Um, and so that's one of the changes. And then I think the other um, significant change, which is in the news every day, and, and uh, uh, our communities are experiencing a great deal of pain about it, is the toxicity of the drug supply. And so, um, you know, tr trying to uh, respond to this particular drug that we're seeing on the streets right now. Um, and, you know, ultimately, um, you know, I, I really appreciate the approach that we're taking. I, I think the collaboration between Alpha House and our social partners in the community, but um, the um, trust and, and uh, partnership that we have with Calgary Police Services do make a difference in terms of moving people towards making healthier decisions. Great, and I believe Josh was the only person who queued in on the line, so we'll go back to you for our last set of questions. Perfect, thank you. Uh, Megan Cobb, Global News. So a couple of people have touched on this, and the chief touched on this yesterday, and it's the idea that once we got through the pandemic, things would kind of level out and get a little bit better. That doesn't seem to be the case. What needs to be done if it's just bringing people back downtown or back to the transit system hasn't resolved some of these safety issues and the perception that Calgary might not be as safe a city as it once was? Well, first off, what I would say is I think what we saw with the pandemic is we saw an increase of acuity where individuals would normally have been accessing uh, healthcare services and uh, through some of the restrictions, et cetera, they may not have uh, had that opportunity and therefore now we're dealing with a situation where it would, if anything would be a bubble of acuity, that would probably be something for the Minister of, of Health on that side. Is there any other one who wants to share? I'll just, I'll just say this, uh, the public safety component of it. This is not unique to just Calgary or Edmonton. It's, you're hearing this all throughout Canada. And as I stated before, and uh, all of us are united as provinces on this, it has to do with Bill C-75. Bill C-75 lowered the bail hearing, uh, making it essentially impossible to keep somebody in jail. And that's why you're seeing violent repeat criminal offenders that are being released in the streets. That's why you're seeing... People, for example, only a few days ago, the person that went on the stabbing spree uh, in, in downtown Calgary, he was out on bail with restrictions not to carry a knife. Clearly, that did not work. So uh, prior to Bill C-75, a person like that, depend, there's a couple of variables. Again, primary, secondary, tertiary grounds would come into play. But that being said, that person likely would have been detained in custody. So that's, that's the main contributing factor that you're seeing to the rise in uh, violence, uh, especially violence offenses, drug, or sorry, uh, guns and uh, knife offenses, all throughout Canada right now. Do you have a follow-up? So how, how do programs like this then help if, 
if we do have people who are getting out and reoffending, how do programs like this help curb some of that or help get people the right support when they're out on bail and release? Yeah, so, uh, so I'll just quickly uh, take an opportunity to, to plug VODP again. Um, we've talked to other provinces uh, as to what the, what the, if they could do one thing that would have the marginally uh, best benefit uh, with regards to individuals who are experiencing the opioid uh, addiction issues, it's to get VODP into jails because it gives the opportunity for um, a population uh, to immediately get on opioid agonist therapy free of charge uh, here in Alberta. And, and like I alluded to earlier, up to 95% of individuals uh, experiencing an opioid addiction who go on to VODP or sorry, onto OAT, opioid agonist therapy, uh, have the opportunity or the chance to stabilize, which then uh, leads towards some of the, as Kathy mentioned, healthier decisions as well. Thank you for the question. So uh, the Premier, myself, uh, Mr. Chandro, are gonna continue to lobby the government, uh, the federal government. Um, Minister Lametti has given uh, his commitment, as well as Minister Menachito, uh, to all the provinces that they would uh, make uh, substantive and immediate changes to the criminal code. Uh, obviously, the devil will be in the details when it comes to that. Um, but as I've said before, and we take that aside, the federal government are going to continue to go down that road and advocate from that perspective. But that doesn't mean that we don't do anything. And so we're taking a number of different approaches on this. Uh, we've invested an enormous amount of money collaboratively with uh, Alert and the Calgary Police Service uh, to make sure that we go after the, the, the gang members who are preying upon uh, citizens that are preying upon our vulnerable population. As an example, uh, we've put in, as an example, what Mr. Milliken has done an enormous amount of money from the mental health and addictions perspective. I know one of the questions that was asked earlier today um, you know, uh, those people that um, uh, fall into the justice system, sadly, um, uh, disproportionately, are, are usually drugs and alcohol are a contributing factor. And that's not just me saying that. I certainly do have 12 years of experience working on the streets of Calgary. Um, and I'm sure any police officer will probably tell you uh, something similar to that. So we're trying to deal with it from, from that perspective. We're trying to deal with it from the guns and gangs perspective. We're obviously lobbying the federal government from another perspective. And then we're also making sure that people are remaining safe, which is why we've deployed all of these officers in the streets of Calgary and Edmonton to let people know and have a sense of public safety and security within the city. Some people think that there's a choice to be made between helping vulnerable people and public safety. I can tell you, you don't have to make that choice. We can make sure that we help vulnerable people and we can also make, make sure that we keep the community safe. Perfect, thanks everyone. That's all the time we have for questions. We're gonna take a group photo with the speakers and the task force members and uh, thanks for coming out.